Hello, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful episode of the Blue Surge Podcast. It's Mike alongside Joe and Craig. Ibby is not currently with us. He might jump in later on. We are recording this on a Thursday evening. It is getting close to around 6 p.m. Eastern time, so any news that comes out past that, you know we will not be covering it. But the good news, Joe, aside from me asking how you're doing today, is we have news. What's the news? I don't know. It's been too long. But it's here. We have things. We have actual cards. We have actual news to talk about. So yes, today's show will be featuring those new tidbits of information that we've been given throughout the week. But first and foremost, as I always start this show, as we're 141 episodes in, how are you doing this evening, Joe? Um, I had some drawbacks and some positive things today. I was supposed to help out somewhere, and I unfortunately kind of forgot about it. Uh, But I got my oil change done and my battery fixed in my car, so that was kind of big. That was big. That was big. And I got a Keurig machine. Even bigger. Yeah. So that was that was a kind of like an early Christmas present thing. So like our family, we celebrate St. Nicholas Day. Yeah. And in fact, some, some people in our culture actually just sell, exchange gifts on St. Nicholas Day instead of Christmas. Okay. It's a little earlier. So, but, so like as a kid, so I always got like a little bit of chocolate and then uh, something small. But uh, I guess I got a Keurig this year, which is not as small, but... Mom snapped a good deal, so. Hey, that's sweet. And you can, Keurigs are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to use it a lot. I will probably. Awesome. Awesome. Other than that, you're doing all right? Yeah, I got a question. Go for it. Is, is it an adult thing? Like, do adults buy themselves Christmas presents for Christmas? All right. Does it matter if they have a family or not? Or are you just saying a person that is over 18 buying a gift for themselves? A person over 18 buying a gift for themselves on intentions to open on Christmas Day. To open on Christmas Day? I don't, I mean, I could see that, you know, if the family expectation is if it's for Christmas, you buy it on, you buy it and you open it on that day. Yeah. I feel like, though, 99% of the time, if you buy it, you're probably just having it and you call it an early Christmas present. Mm. So I, I did a thing today, another thing today. I went on Amazon just for to see what kind of deals are up there, and I saw a deal for a Pikachu V-Bax from Shining Fates. It was 21 bucks, And so I, I bought one for myself, and I bought one for my nephews. And then it kept rolling, and what I ended up doing was buying... I know I said I wouldn't do this, but I did it for Christmas. I bought a booster box of Fusion Strike, I bought an ETB and a Build and Battle Kit. My intentions are to keep it until Christmas and open on Christmas Day. I mean, I don't there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. That's gonna be fun to open. I mean Oh, absolutely. That's why I want to at least talk about it. I guess like, I guess I guess I guess to answer your question though, I think most people would just open it. Probably. But, but it's always because, but it's nice uh, to just open something on Christmas Day. That's true. It is. It is. I can't argue with that. I'm impatient. So if I buy something for myself, I'm buying it. It's mine. Fair. But that's also why I try not to buy things. Because <laughs> I, I don't have any. I don't have a patient bone in my body. There, it isn't a thing. Oh, I, I've held on to six Fusion Strike packs for like five days. It's my nephew's birthday is last week. I bought no, packs at a gas station and I held on to that. I had to hide that thing for myself. Seriously, I don't. 
yeah, I haven't been patient in terms of like getting myself things or or having a gift. I have not been patient ever on anything. If I order something, I am checking daily. If I if I buy something or if I'm getting something, I want it right away. Everything else I'm pretty patient on in life, but for some reason, I just like if I want to get a new phone, I go get the phone. If I want a new game, I go get the game. I'm not waiting. And you yeah. know how to get phones too. I do know how to get phones. So it, it is I I applaud you for that. That's what I will say. <laughs> I applaud you for that cuz I could not do that. Definitely not. So you know? we're referring to so we got phones back in August on the same day. I took maybe a 5 to 6 hour excursion of trying to figure out how to purchase my phone cuz my someone else has on my account and then a bunch of discount stuff and then I misfed money. It was a whole six-hour ordeal, and Mike just grabs in, walks, takes his phone, and just walks out. I'm like, okay. Yeah, we were at the same store, and Joe is at the front of the line because there was a big line because of Joe. Um, and I ordered my phone for pickup. I got my phone, signed the paper, and I was home. And then about three and a half hours later, I saw Joe. <laughs> so, you know, we live and we learn. But you know what? We're here today to talk about the Pokemon trading card game. And we're going to start with some product news. Can just kind of jump right into it? So we did officially get the release dates for the Leafeon and Glaceon V-Star Special Collections. These are the things we knew about when Arceus V-Star got revealed. We knew, and we've talked about these cards previously on what they do. Uh, these will release on January 28th. It looks like $40, oh no, $30, $30. They're going to be $30 each. You'll get your Jumbo V-Star, your Leafeon V and Leafeon V-Star promo cards. Um, and then I believe four packs so i guess the revealed packs had five and we got word that it will end up being four but i'm not sure on that it looks like the picture still says five if you don't remember what leafy on v star does uh, for two grass and a colorless 180 and it takes 30 less damage from your opponent's attacks next turn and it's v star is an ability where you may switch one of your opponent's bench pokemon with their active glaceon v star is two water and a colorless icicle shot for 180, and your opponent's defending Pokemon cannot retreat. And then their V-Star power is two water and a colorless crystal star, 220 damage, and you prevent all damage of effects and, or sorry, damage and effects done to Glaceon V-Star during your opponent's next turn. So Leafeon kind of has a gusting effect, and Glaceon has similar to the GX attack of Duskmane Necrozma. Or was it? No, it's not Duskmane. It's a. Uh, what's the Luma? Dawn Wings. Dawn Wings. Dawn Wings Necrozma. Whereas GX Attack was 180, I think. And if you were behind on prizes, you were basically immune for a turn. 30 bucks for one of the first V Star cards coming out. I think this will be generally a pretty popular collection thing to get. Uh, it's an easy way to get a V Star, and you're probably going to get mostly Fusion Strike packs. So this is a pretty good. Deal, I think, yeah. Pretty good in myself. Yeah, I think it's great. Like, this is one of the products where I could look at and go, yeah, I could get this. It's It'd an evolution. Really yeah, it is. It's an evolution as well, right? Yeah. Which, I mean, there's a tax on it, so we take it. The next piece of news is a little more recent. On February 25th, we will see the release of a new product line called Stacking Tins. These are tins that literally can stack on top of each other. 
It looks like they come in sets of three. Uh, actually, no, they're individual. They're just shown in kind of like next to each other in three because they can stack. Each will come with three booster packs and a coin for twelve ninety nine. These essentially, I imagine, replace those little mini those little mini tins that we those see. Those tins were cool though. You don't think these are cool? They are. I'm just happy to see them. Like the old ones are really cool looking because like I saw someone pull them out in a tournament one time. I'm like, what is that from? He's like, it's an old tin. I'm like, those are dope. And I tried finding one. I couldn't find them. That's true. And so these are coming out stackable. I mean, I guess that's good for storage reasons. Otherwise, there isn't a whole lot else. But you're right. They do kind of resemble the old tins, those tall, skinny tins. They're a little more rectangular. They're a little more square now. But these will be coming out in February alongside our Brilliant Stars set. Again, $12.99 for a coin and three boosters. Depending on what those boosters are, if it's a variety, I don't know if it's worth it. If it's not a variety and it's, you know, Brilliant Star packs, which it usually isn't. Uh, I, I, I think it's... XY still Evolutions. What, what would be the equivalent to XY Evolutions right now? Uh, from Sword and Shield? Yeah. I don't know why the name Rebel Clash just, just jumps out at me. Cool. Rebel Clash. Let's do it. Go we'll get your Dragapult. Like, Pikachu is in Vivid Voltage. Battle Styles and On is pretty cool. Uh, Sword and Shield's base. So, it's, you know, it's like nice having base. But Rebel Clash was that second one, right? Or like Darkness Ablaze. But you have Crobat and Darkness Ablaze. Which is not, I guess, really that big of a deal. But... It's still something. Yeah. But, you know, they're coming out. It's good to know about. And we kind of move on from there. Now we get to the cards. And there's a decent amount of them. We've been kind of dry the past couple of weeks. We've had a bunch of secret rares come out, which are a little more appropriate for viewing, not listening. But in the past couple of weeks, we have been getting these starter decks from Japan, starter deck 100s. And the cards in those have slowly been being revealed. These are releasing in Japan on December 17th, and we have a couple cards from them. The first one we're going to talk about is a V. It is Granbull. Granbull is getting a V. It is a 210 HP Psychic type for two colorless Enraged Fang. 30 damage and does 10 more for each damage counter on this Pokemon. For two Psychic and a colorless, 190, and it does 30 to itself. It's weak to metal because it is a fairy type and has a retreat of two. I mean, generally with cards like this, we see the cards that do more damage based on how much damage is on them. This card is pretty irrelevant. It's Gramble's first V, though, right? Or GX. Does Gramble have a GX? I believe not. Did not have a GX. So it's getting some love. Mm-hmm. It's a fine Pokemon. It's not, not a, a fine card. card. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bad card. It's You know, I look at Psychic types now, and Psychic types are always going to be held to such a high standard currently because, and I guess I should backtrack and say they always are, but we have Shadow Rider, and then we have Mew. And I don't know, we could go on a separate conversation about this at another time. I just don't want to because it would be five minutes, really. The Mew numbers in tournaments are like 70% in top eights i believe it it's like one of those things now where every time i get on twitter 
I see. Oh, top four was just mirror matches. Are we just like getting into that whole era of like Zorark at this point? I don't even think it's that. I think it's just Mew another like. Again? It's like the. It's like the. No, I wish it was Mew three or something like that because you could splash more. This seems to be the Reshazard, the Pikaram. Not tag team specific, but just a. This deck just slaps. And you have the Meloetta, which is the baby that I believe does 70 for each fusion energy on the field. It's a really nice attachment, kind of supporting a supporting attacker of the deck. Mew VMAX is just incredible right now. So psychic types are kind of, you're either really, really good or you're instantly not great because of the other cards that you could be playing instead. Kind of, sort of. Next up on the list, we have Agron VMAX. I don't think we have Agron V, but Agron VMAX has 330 HP. For one metal and two colorless, crack stomp. 150 and you mill the top card of your opponent's deck. Milling, meaning discarding from the top. For two metal and three colorless, 270 damage and you do 30 to itself. Weak to fire, re resistance of grass, and has a retreat of four. I kind of just look at every Steel-type Pokemon, Metal-type Pokemon, however you want to call it, that comes out as a VMAX, and I go, uh, why would I rather just play Copperaja? VMAX. And that usually yeah. tells me whether or not a Metal card is bad or not. Because Copperaja VMAX... Because Copperaja VMAX, you know, three energy still. It's two metal and a colorless instead of one metal and two colorless. It does 100 plus 100 more if your opponent's a basic, which isn't really a thing now. It's, it's not really applicable, so maybe Agron's first attack is better. But four energy for 240 and five energy for 270 really isn't making much of a difference to me. The retreat cost, weakness, all of that's the same. And Copperaja has 10 more health. I don't think Copperage is a great card. That's not why I'm saying this, but this is just a card that I tested for fun. And it's kind of my it's kind of my measuring stick for not great metal type V Maxes. If it's not better than Copperage, it can't be that great at all. So I'm not even gonna worry about it. So here's a second scenario. Th this to me screams Metagross. Why is that? Remember the old Metagross GX decks? Heal and attack. Heal and attack. That's true, but it doesn't have any heal in its attack. Well, near did near did uh, Metagross, I guess. But they had max potions. But yeah, Mac. But for us, we have popsicles and we have Cheryl's. Wouldn't you still rather play Copperaja though? Sure. Right, because it's four energy for two forty instead of five energy for two seventy, and it has more health. How much do you value value milling? I don't because discards are pretty, pretty heavy part of the game. I feel like if you're milling, it has to be more than one for it to be something to concern your opponent about. Because I feel like a lot of decks either have ways or have benefits from having certain cards in the discard. You know. Yeah. And I and I really don't. I really don't like. And I, this is something I've portrayed a lot on this show. Is I'm really not a fan of, of letting my opponent's outcome dictate my playing. I guess that's not a great way to word it, but if my attack could essentially be benefiting my opponent, I'm not going to bother with it at all. 
So I don't know. I've never been a big mill guy, though. A big Agron fan. Big Agron fan. But can't say I'm a big fan of the card. Agron's pretty rough. But maybe the baby one does some milling, too, and we can have that conversation. Any other comments on Agron? No. All right, cool. Next up on the list, we will talk about... We're going to go to some trainer cards. So, uh, I mean, we got two trainers, and the text on them is not really the important part here. And we'll be probably pretty quick here. We did get another professor's research, and this is themed around the Diamond and Pearl region, so it is Professor Rowan. It's discard draw seven. And then we also got Barry, which is your typical rival supporter. Draw three cards. Nothing crazy there. The interesting part is the block number at the bottom of the professor's research, which currently has the letter F. And I, if I am correct, and I want to pull up a card just to make sure, we are currently in the E block of cards, which we are. So now we know that for another rotation, research will be legal. It's not. It's so not, will Barry. So so will Barry. But in all seriousness, seriousness, we've learned in the past couple of years that it's not guaranteed to see research stay around for that long. No, but there's also opportunities for, well, it's not going to apply to research because research has been in every block so far, but they do have tournaments in Japan where they say, okay, uh, block E is not legal, but you have DNF. True, it just keeps it around. Uh -huh. But we don't have like a Cynthia, you know what I mean? Shauna. Yeah, but Shauna's always... I, I'm talking about... Because we had Tate and Liza and other stuff. You know you know that Cynthia was like a replacement, right? For research. Yes. They kind of took it and went, all right, here's a more conservative supporter card. And I was expecting, honestly, for us to kind of go back into that for a little bit. But we see it here. Again, there's not much to add on past that, but it's nice to know that research and all of our researchers will be legal for quite a long time. Quite a long time. Aside from those supporters, the very interesting card... Oh, I guess we have one trainer. I'm going to backtrack. So sorry, listeners. There's one more trainer I'm just going to jump to. The other trainer got revealed today is Team Yells Cheer. It is another supporter that states, shuffle up to three in any combination of Pokemon supporter cards except Team Yells Cheer from your discard back into your deck. What do you think about a card like this, Joe? Because it always, it always kind of puts me in a tough spot because the recursion is great pokemon and supporters is a really good combination of cards but as a supporter do you still think it holds value if it was an item it would be broken right i know that but i mean like maybe like a combo item or something but what do you feel about this as a supporter card because we have pal pad right it's into your deck yeah i i like it uh, i can see one or two of maybe um just because you always want to get... Maybe it's a lesser count of bosses orders now. And you or put it, a team yell. Or is a card like this only played in a deck that relies on one specific supporter, like a welder, or maybe a, a control deck where you need very specific cards? It'd make me cry. I can see that happening, but it'd make me cry. I think that's probably its most realistic use. I was trying not to go there, but okay. Well, you know, we don't like it, but it still is a playstyle, right? 
unfortunately. It is. And and you know what? Healthy card games have to have mill, normal playing, ramp, control. It's 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 necessary. It's necessary. But you know, I think it is a good component of that. I think Team Yell's Cheer will be put into a deck like that. I feel like in a normal, typical 60-card standard list, the problem with a card like this is something I bring up a lot, which is how are you going to justify playing this card over a bosses, over a research, over just another supporter that gets you things instantly? And I guess... I guess that... You could, I mean, it, it works for Pokemon because there's Pokemon searches. But other mm-hmm. than that, I mean, there really isn't a whole lot going on. Anything else on Team Yell's Cheer? Nope. All right, cool. Now we get to the Pokemon. Back to the Pokemon, I should say. First up, we have Drampa V. Drampa V is a colorless 210 HP basic for one colorless spike draw, 20 damage, draw two cards. For three colorless, Dragon Pulse, 160, and you discard the top two of your deck. It's weak to fighting and has a retreat of two. Joe, what are your thoughts of Drampa? I, I just never understood Drampa as a card through the entire time it's been around. It's either drawing or milling, drawing or milling, drawing or milling. Sometimes hitting yourself, but it's mostly true. drawing and milling. I don't know. For a dragon type, I wish they... And it's somewhat pseudo-legendary, right? I don't no, know why... Uh, is Drampa a pseudo? Is Drampa a pseudo? I don't think Drampa's a pseudo. Well, either way, it's a cool-looking Pokemon, and I thought it always has been a cool-looking Pokemon, but... It just gives us such bad treatment. Yeah, I mean, it. we had Drampa Garbodor. I mean, it was good. Well, because you had, you had the uh, the Big Wheel GX, I think it was? Yes, yep. Which was great. That's why we used it. And the attack was great, because if someone else on your bench had damage, you did more damage. Right, right, right. Like, ever since then, Drampa's just taking a huge dump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Like, that, that, set, that set up a great legacy for Drampa cards. And then after that, it was just poop. Bring back Drampa. Make Drampa's good again. Right next to Bring Like and Rock Alternative Arts. Yes. Right there with you. Yeah, it's an iffy card. It's not great. It just is a it's a colorless card, and I feel like colorless cards just usually suck. But I mean, maybe that's just me. We have Move. powerful energy. We do, but they're still bad. That's how you know they're not good. When they're still bad, and it's like, oh. We have another way, but mm, nah, we're good. Finally, we have our last two cards of the show. These are the big ones. These are the heavy hitters. Suicune is a card that has kind of taken over the meta up and down. Pretty much it stayed at the top with Inteleons, with Ludicolo. A lot of great combinations. Ice Rider, Calrex throughout some time. Suicune has just been a really good, solid card. It gives you draw. It gives you a really beneficial attack that is easy to manage, that is easy to plan around. And now the other dogs have been revealed. We officially got a Raikou, and we officially got an Entei. So I'm going to go through Raikou first, go to Entei, and then we're going to kind of talk about 
all three of them because they all have a very they're, they're all very similar copy so, paste yeah a little <laughs> bit of copy paste is a spoiler here raikou is a 200 hp lightning type basic it has the ability fleet footed what once, once during your turn if this is in your active spot draw a card but suicune has fleet footed i know it's crazy but also let's keep this in mind this is also because of how they are in the video games. Did you play Gen 2? No. So they didn't, make a, they didn't do a remake yet, so I haven't played it. They have done a remake. They have. Wait, what? Heart Gold, Soul Silver? No, no, no. I meant like on the Switch. Like a remake, remake of a remake? Yes. Ah, yes. Okay. But anyway, so Raikou, Suicune, and Entei were... The first roaming legendaries to exist, where you could just be out in the grass and you just find one, and they would always flee right away. So before you knew where they were, before you knew how to catch them, before you even did the first gym badge, you could encounter one of these dogs just in the wild. And they'd always flee away, so here we go, fleet-footed. It's second attack. Get me ready for this, Joe. One lightning, one colorless. Lightning Rondo. Okay. 20 damage. Uh-huh. Plus 20 more for each <clears throat> benched Pokemon, both yours and your opponent's. Wait a minute. This sounds familiar. Even down to the second word of the attack. We go from Blizzard Rondo to Lightning Rondo. Next, you're going to tell me there's Fire Rondo. If only. It's weak to fighting, has a retreat of one. Now we will jump to Entei. Entei is 230 HP. Once again, has the ability fleet-footed. And then for a fire and colorless, burning Rondo, which is the same exact attack, just as a fire type. Jeez. To recap the biggest differences, Entei has 230 HP, Raikou has 200, and Suicune has 210. Entei has a retreat of three. Suicune has a retreat of two, and Raikou has a retreat of one. But this is really interesting, because we, we've definitely gotten trios printed. You know, Pokemon, Legendaries, Mythicals, however they're usually put into trios. And they have similar attacks, even down to, like, the Semi-Sage, Semi-Seer, Semi-Poor. Ugh. Don't but, remind me about those Pokemon. I know, right? But now we have it in a really big way to where it, it it matters. I hate to say it for the other ones, but it matters. Suicune is a centralizing card. I understand Mew VMAX is really good, but Suicune is still an incredible card currently. Just pure value in every which way. And Water Type has good, good supporting partners. It has Inteleon. Raikou. Electric has some support going on. But now you go, okay, I mean, Raikou is a really, it's an instant potential supporting partner, or it's just Lightning Suicune. You could just play it with Inteleon for all you care. And it's just another typing. Same with Entei. There isn't, there's not a lot of fire going on right now. So it doesn't necessarily make fire incredible. But the question I want to ask you is, with the cost of the attacks, is it possible to run the three together? Yes. Do you think it's not possible, but it's also 
like reasonable. I think it's reasonable. You got one and one color list. Like I've been thinking about this. If I were to run this deck, energy wise, I'd probably do five water, three electric, three fire. Sure. And you, I would still use uh, Aurora. Yeah, Aurora's potential. Um, <clears throat> Melanie. True. To accelerate. Draw more. Uh, energy well, Scourge. On. Melanie, Melanie is only for water types. Only for water types? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you still have fleet-footed things. Uh, you guess you can run the Inteleon line and use energy searches? Well, would you not just run it as a Suicune deck and it has a Raikou and an Entei in it? Yes. You know what I mean? I, obviously... You're you're playing a tricky game. You're playing a tricky game because you're making things more complicated, but by adding more special energy and things like that. But honestly, I mean seriously, you could Aurora energy and then Melanie back the whatever you disc like. You could Aurora a water and then Melanie the water. Yeah, like there there are combinations here that make this really cool. And I'm not saying it's gonna be like watch out because currently. Water, lightning, and fire. Water, electric, and fire, I should say. They they don't really, like, they don't go crazy right now, but, you know, Zacian, Entei checks up pretty well. There's, I mean, water types are weak to electric now, so Raikou has viability, and Suicune is just value in itself. So it doesn't matter that fire is not around. We've just learned that it's possible. You can still use Ludicolo. You can still use Inteleon. So I'd be very curious to check out what a deck list would look like with a one of Raikou and a one of Entei. And just Suicune. Just, you play Suicune and then you just have these around. That sounds really fun, actually. And, and it's not like it'd be difficult, right? I think it's pretty reasonable. Yeah, I... I... I'm amped for it, man. I'm, I This is one of those things I got on the list now. How can I put this into a deck? What can this look like for me? And we won't be getting them, like, anytime soon. But I love them. I love these cards. This is so cool that they did the fleet-footed trio. They they put the dogs basically on similar copy-and-paste cards, which you might go, oh, it's not creative. It is so much more impactful than changing up what these three cards do. Yeah. Because now you give three types that don't necessarily have a lot of prominence. Water does, but fire and electric don't really at the moment. And now you give them a centralizing engine and attacker. Without without making it colorless, you know, without making it too splashable. It's just good enough to be very, very good and not over-centralizing. And I love these cards for that. I love them dearly. So I'm pretty excited. And, and I mean, with that, it kind of brings us to the end. You know, we had a lot of cool cards get revealed. We had some decent news on some products. Joe, is there anything you would like to say before we head on out of here? Everybody have a wonderful and safe weekend. Yeah, it's the best way to put it. Enjoy playing Pokemon. Have a safe weekend with family and friends. Thank you for supporting this show as you do every single week as we go through again i believe it's episode 141 thank you all so much again and we will see you next time